Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back, guys. Episode 26 is here. And as always, this is Steve Opolinik. Uh, I wanted to introduce our guest today. Her name is Shatoya Jones. Shatoya is a social systems entrepreneur and educator, a motivational speaker, social good lifestyle blogger, budding podcast host, philosopher and model. And doing the interview, we talk a little bit about her background and how she grew up. She's from a poor city in Louisiana and said, in the city, hustle and respect is more important than financial stability and self-development. Um, and she talks a little bit about how she broke away from the, the mainstream of philosophy and made her own way and created different programs to help not only herself, but other school peers find their own potential throughout her time there. She reports that she was privileged enough to attend one of the most elite colleges in the U.S. and with a newfound passion for providing access to basic needs and education as well as facilitating profound discussions on humanity, poverty, and poverty alleviation, and holistic health, mental health. All these philosophies have become her, her lifestyle and has really driven her to move forward and make a change in society. She currently serves as the founder and CEO of Ordinary and Influence, a social enterprise helping change makers build initiatives and businesses for sustainable impact and ethical practice, profitability, and scalability. She is a founder of the First Ladies of Poverty Foundation and First Ladies of Poverty TV and Education. She has so much going on and she's very passionate about everything. And, you know, in talking to her, we, we get to understand where her drive has come from. You know, she's talked a little bit about being a perfectionist and how really that hasn't been the best way to approach these things. But it also has been a really good starting point for her to develop a sense of self and dedication to her craft and, and how to hone and honor the skills and talents that she has. And we talk a lot about how important connection communication and community are for everyone and we get a little bit more in depth into her own personal life with that and how that's been a driving force and what she does without further ado here is shatoya jones in a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame Today, our guest is Shatoya Jones. Shatoya, how are you? I'm tired, but in a good way, a very good way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, and, you know, just looking at your social media feed, it seems like you have 80 million different things that you do on a daily basis. So I'm wondering if you could tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you got going now and, and, and kind of just inform us on a day-to-day -day kind of approach. Okay, yeah. So 
just as you were calling, actually, I was updating our events due to the coronavirus. So we have a lot of online events coming up and a lot of in-person events coming up in April, um, meeting greets, all-in-one retreats. So essentially, it's like vision boarding, life coaching, goal setting, and accountability, and financial planning all in one. Oh, wow. Um, I know, right? <laughs> Um, also, oh, I can't think. I was literally just typing this in a newsletter. Um, we have, oh, yes, we also have Given Tuesday. So every Tuesday we're uploading our free resource. And spoiler alert, we're doing scholarships and grant programs for our summer programming. We have awesome. one for youth and young adults. Yes, it is. 17 and under, and we have another one for adults 18 plus. Um, and it's same thing as the retreats, but a lot more in-depth, a lot more practicality, strategies, and one-on-one. And it's personal development, professional development, leadership, financial planning. And that's just some of the things that we're doing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, and I definitely want to dig into that a little bit more so that we can yeah. talk and, and get more description on it. Um, but I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about who you are. Right. Yeah, as a person. As a person, but also (laughs) what (laughs) what makes you so attracted to those those kind of things, like helping people, uh, just in the in this dynamic in this field, in this community setting. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in Louisiana, born and raised Southern girl, like through and through, and seeing the poverty just around me and knowing what I didn't want, it was it was just like I knew. I knew the mindset and what I saw, it was something I just did not want to have for myself. And so I pursued education as like my ticket way out of where I did not want to be. And it's very cliche. Like it sounds like something on a movie, but it's true. That was like my focus. Well, everyone else may have turned to friends or like drugs or maybe extracurricular activities or, um, or just, I don't know, making themselves feel better through all these different vices. For me, education was my way of making, feeling like I was progressing in the world. And so I was that student that everyone hated. <laughs> I saw every test as a competition, and I would, like, try to get done before all my classmates, and I was always student of the year, or I was on the honor roll, or principal's list, or student, those kinds of things. And that, for me, was, like, it wasn't just because I wanted to show off. It was because I had a bigger vision for myself. Right. I knew I was interested in entrepreneurship because, again, growing up in poverty, some of us were very resourceful people. And for me, I saw the opportunity to sell snacks out of the house that no one was eating. My mom kept buying it, but no one was eating it or no one wanted it. (laughs) So for me, instead of spending money on like going out and buying snacks I knew I could sell, I just sold what was in the house. And I used that to help pay for a lot of my field trips and extracurricular activities that no one knew I was doing because my mom didn't let us do it. But I did it on like my lunchtime and when I was working. So that's awesome. Do you remember what some of those snacks were that you you were selling off to other people? Honestly, I could see it in my head because we hated them so much, but I don't remember the names. Um, Debbie Cakes? Oh, okay. Like little Debbie Cakes? Yeah, but some of them were good. Not the oatmeal pies, but the, um, it was the fudge one. It was brownie with like the light fudge icing or something on it yeah yeah, it yeah like with the walnuts on it is that oh no i like that one oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> there's like the cosmo brownies and then the walnut brownies and... those yeah the cosmo brownies with the little colorful uh 
Ew, oh, I hated them. They just taste like plastic. Yeah, I was a fan of the walnut ones myself, but I couldn't get down with the Cosmo ones. I don't know what it was. <laughs> just a different taste. Yeah, I. but we developed a love-hate relationship because I sold them yeah. so that I could do <laughs> what I wanted and needed to do for myself to be where I wanted to be in life. So, yeah. So then I found out I also love managing money and managing people because if you couldn't afford the snacks, so I kind of, what banks are doing, but I don't do that anymore. But I realized I knew credit and I knew how to use it because I would charge a quarter every day you couldn't pay me for the snacks. So you can get it up front, but you would have to sign this little receipt that I created by hand and I would have it on file every day that you couldn't pay me and it added up a quarter a day. That's awesome. (laughs) No, but I feel so bad now because I definitely did capitalize on that. And then, okay. Moving forward, so then once I started realizing like I had this knack for people and money and entrepreneurship and I was very resourceful, I started creating my own organizations. One of them started in elementary school. It was the all-girls club, and that's when I – very original. And that's <laughs> when I realized I love managing people and showing them how to rise above their circumstances and leading them to do different things in the community. And then in middle school – Again, being that student, so always being in leadership positions and knowing I wanted to help people. And then moving into high school where I actually started my first official consulting business. Well, technically, I blogged in elementary school. Like I dabbled with HTML and coding and then it moved into a business. And I started teaching my peers how to tutor themselves, kind of. And also, what was it? It was something else. I was very proud of it, but I forgot. Yeah, whatever. Anywho, that was also a source of income for me. So then I understood the value of managing different sources of income. And then, obviously, focusing on my education, that's just very close to my heart. And you can see it in my work. And it's not more so higher education, even though that was what I was pursuing. And now knowing what I know about the business of education, which is also intertwined with what I do, it's... I just want people to know what they need to know to live the lives they want to live. And that's the education that I now advocate for, not just college or whatever. Like you can find it in so many different places. So yeah, I've had, I lived in a sense of life despite my, my youth. (laughs) And that's amazing. Just how integrated this whole, whole process was. What do you think? I I know you said it was funding your, what you wanted to do and your passions, but what do you think kept you doing it? Was it just that, or were you developing a love for that business mind frame? Um, well, okay. So I have a very strong personality and I think when you're young, people don't believe you know what you want, but I was always that kid that knew what they wanted and I went after it. And you, if you told me I couldn't do it, I was going to do it anyway. In fact, that just put fire under my butt to make sure I did it and make sure I learned and even faster than what I was going to do. And so for me, I was like this extreme perfectionist. So I wanted to do everything I said I was going to do and I wanted to do it perfectly so that you can find any flaw. And so with that mindset, very troublesome. I do not recommend anyone have it, but I'm just being honest. Yeah. That was the mindset I carried with me. And so, again, being that student I was, that's how I got through it all because I was overworking, working overtime and doing way more than I should have been doing. Um, and then knowing my stories of my history as well and wanting to live up to that ancestry and to and that heritage and just wanting to make them proud in terms of what they, the road that they've paid for 
people who look like me and my mom and et cetera, et cetera. Like knowing, knowing what had been done for me, I just couldn't, it seems like a moral obligation almost to live in that path and carry out that legacy, you know, and make the most of it. And so that was something. And also I wanted to be able to provide for my elder sister who did her best when she was raising us and also when she went out into the world and she took a different route as well and knowing the struggles and sacrifices she made because she had to learn on her own we all did but we just took different paths to do it i want to be able to give her what she deserves so there's a couple of different things in there that's amazing and i I really like the the cultural aspect of what you're talking about that that push for hey things have been kind of paving paved the way for me and i I would be doing a dishonor if I don't kind of pick up that what's already been done and keep running with it. And I think that's yeah. something that's really important that when you talk about just moving forward, we have to to realize that sometimes is that we could all kind of just sit on our laurels and, and expect things to happen. But most of the stuff yeah. that gets done is from that drive, from that continued push forward, even when it's tough, right, to, to achieve. And I do agree yep. with you, like, the perfectionist is probably not the best way to go about it, right? I know that now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a real burnout to that, but I also feel yeah. like you get to you get to play with the levels a little bit. You're like, okay, this is a little too much, so I can ease back from this as, as you move forward. And I, so I really think what you were, were saying was awesome. And, you know, on that generational level, I think there is so much that carries forward as we go generation to generation in that term, but then also in terms of, you know, trauma or or just yeah. kind of things that have happened in the past and each generation we learn, we heal and, you know, we're able to be that linchpin to maybe process through some of that stuff so that it doesn't continue forward. Yeah, hopefully you heal. I mean, sometimes you come from a family that hasn't healed, which is why you're doing what you do, because you want to be the healer so that you could break that generational curse and pass it on and leave a different legacy. So there's the historical legacy that I mentioned, and then there's the immediate familial legacy in which, you know, things have been passed down. And like you said, traumas and histories and families are, you know, just really not setting the standard for how the future generation of that immediate family should live. So there's a difference, I think, between the historical legacy, of course, the healing from the trauma and the resilience and the moving forward. And that's like collectively. And then you have your immediate family where, you know, you want to be the person that heals and do do the hard work so that you can leave that immediate familial legacy. So that's what I'm hoping to do through the, what I'm doing through the youth and young adults I mentor, through the adults I mentor, right. and and hopefully I inspire them to do the same for their families. So I, I want to start with an idea, a vision, which I've done, and then I want to do individually, and I want to do familial-wise, hopefully, through the individuals, and then I want to go into the community, and then I want to go into government. Nice. You don't have, yeah. like, a lot of work to do at all. It should be be really easy going, right? Oh, absolutely. Every day is a breeze for me. Like, I just lay in bed and things just happen. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I am here for it. That's amazing. And, you know, like, I want to ask this question not to to put the focus on your age, but just to kind of get get an understanding (laughs) of, you know, what you talked about in the first 
15 minutes of talking <laughs> so much, but I want to put it into perspective. So I, yeah. I hope this doesn't sound belittling at all, but how old are you? It's not belittling, but I'm not telling you. A Southern girl <laughs> never tells her age. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's just say you've, with your years, you've accomplished a lot and leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you. So far, it's not enough for me, though. I think that's the profession is kicking in. Mm -hmm. But it's not enough until the FOP becomes a household name. Right. So And create that model for poverty alleviation. So yeah. you mentioned FOP. Can you, can you break that down into what that okay. is and where it stands now? Okay. So, yes, the FOP is a resource hub and community for underserved and underrepresented communities, individuals, and organizations that are serving this population. And starting with the individuals, we do personal development, professional development, leadership development, and financial planning. And we also have an optional programming for wealth building, but essentially we want to take you from instability to stability. Like that's our goal. That's our measure of success. If we can help you become stable in your personal, professional, and or leadership and financial planning, then we're good. But if you also want to build up on that stability into wealth building and investing and things of that nature, we have an optional programming for that. But that's not what we're pushing because not everyone is meant to do that. And not everyone has the, just like being an entrepreneur, not everyone has the drive and the motivation and the resilience and just the foundation that you need to be successful in that venture. Right. But everyone, no matter who you are, has the potential. It's just, it's a lot to try to pull it out of you. So, um, yes. So we offer the one-to-one -one coaching, we offer the mentorship, and we offer memberships. So there are different membership options. You have lifetime access ones, so you join them when you just get lifetime access to our exclusive community, which includes many different free resources, access to mentors, access to exclusive networking events, like, spoiler, this is like a freebie, but the Next Gen Summit, mm. which happens in New York, and is where... I don't know how to explain it. It's where so many people get together and just inspired by each other. And I often get invited through media. And so I often have free passes. And it's a community where you can get access to those different things. Um, in addition to other benefits. But you can go on the website to figure that out. What else? Classes and workshops. We have a variety of online uh, and in-person classes happening locally. Or again, online. And so that's on personal development, professional, everything I just said, essentially. But we have specific topics, and you can also request that we make a custom course just for you or a webinar just for you. Organizationally, we have strategic partnerships with organizations to bring our enrichment programming to their organization or their school or their business. It can be through, you know, bringing us a speaker host. It can be through literally getting us in there to establish our programming for the youth and young adults or for 18 plus, 18 through 55 is usually our age range. And what else? We also have promotional opportunities. So if you just want to build awareness or um, get more eyes, get more feedback, because I know a lot of organizations need a lot of engagement, especially nonprofits or community organizations, they need engagement to keep funding. Right. And so we help make sure we bring people into your organization so that you have that data behind you. So there's also a lot of promotional opportunities for individuals and organizations. It's a lot. Yeah. But yeah. if you go to the website, it's all transparent. It's all laid out. And we're more than happy to answer questions. You can get a free consultation, schedule a 
call, schedule a visit. So, so what is the website so I can plug it into the show notes? Yes, it is www.firstladiesofpovertyfoundation.org. And thank you to Holyoke Media and PodCamp because now we have an official domain in addition to a lot of other things. So Amazing. So actually, we didn't really actually meet at, at PodCamp, but we were there at the same time. And, <laughs> um, and that's why I outreached to you because you won an award there, right? Uh-huh. That was sponsored by Holyoke Media. Mm-hmm. What was that award about? What was the award about? Yeah, where, like was... why did I get it? Or <laughs> not, <laughs> not why did you get it? What? Where did the funding come from? What are you using it for? Okay, those those kind of questions. Okay, so Holyoke Media it is a media platform in Holyoke, Massachusetts, that wants to uplift voices, especially voices that are often oppressed or just not in the mainstream. You don't really hear from them, and they. And even if it is in the mainstream, we just want to hear all of, all voices, like different perspectives, different varieties of voices at the end of the day. And honestly, I didn't know about Holyoke Media before PodCamp, and so I learned a little bit about it through Ilhan Rashi Vega. And we actually just had a meeting not too long ago to determine a partnership between FOP and Holyoke Media. So stay tuned for more news on that because I'm waiting to see what happens with the board. Awesome. Um, besides the domain, the platform, and the different events that we have coming up, like a lot of that I mentioned before was inspired through the scholarship and the grant program. And so, yeah, all that I mentioned, I'm not going to go back and say it all, but everything I said before, it has something to do with the scholarship and grant. And was that your first PodCamp that you attended? For people listening, PodCamp is something that that happened in in Western Mass, and it's um, it's an unconference setup where where you go, they have speakers, but then each breakout that happens is based on who's there. So people will sign up to to run a breakout, and it's it's just a really good way to network and meet new people, but then also talk about what you know and learn about more. Um, so was that your first time at a podcast like that, or? Yeah, it was my first time at podcast and my first time hearing about podcast. Nice. And how did you hear about it? I knew you was gonna ask that. I don't. Even, <laughs> I don't remember. No. I honestly have no idea. Because I was one of those people who, as soon as I saw it, I registered for it. Nice. And that was like before all the other details came out, so I don't even remember how I heard about it. And it, am I right? Did you actually do a breakout session there too? I, yeah, I did. What was your? Thank thing? you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? What What was your breakout session on? Yeah, it was the fundamentals of success in the age of social media. Back to basics. Okay, so back to basics in the sense of what? You're trying to squeeze information out of me. No, no, no. no. Well, I'm just trying to share your vision and your voice. I don't even have a no- I have no pen. I have no notepad. This I'm is just all. kidding. I'm just being <laughs> Um. So yes, fundamental. Blah, blah, blah. Back to basics. Fundamentals of success in the age of social media. Back to basics in the sense of the fundamentals, the principles, the theories. Not necessarily just the theories, but also the practical strategies for anything. And it's something you can take into any venture or industry that you're working in. And I think in the age of social media, we've, we've forgotten those principles and those basics because we're trying to do so much on so many different platforms and we just forget the basics 
will help determine which platform you use. The basics in terms of determining a goal first before you get on these platforms will determine which platform you should use and how you should go about it, your demographics, your vision, your goal. And we forget that in the sense of the urgency to be on these platforms and to make something happen. But being on a platform isn't necessarily going to make anything happen. So back to basics. And I think that's a good message just in general, uh, definitely about social media, but like you're saying, just in general, in any approach to, yep. to something like that, because when you have a passion, when you have something that's excitatory like that, it's really easy to just say, I'm going to go do it and, and try to yeah. make it happen. And that's a great, you know, passion to have, but at the same token, you have to do your due diligence to figure out, yeah. okay, I'm going to make it happen, but what's the best way to do it? We actually, yeah. the Promethean Project actually went through Valley Venture Mentors. Uh, yeah. we, we were in one of those cohorts and it was really eye-opening to me going through that and participating because we had the passion, but we didn't really exactly. have a plan. The, the plan or the sense yeah. of like what, what we need to make a, a firm plan. We had the yep. passion to help people. I'm a mental health counselor, so I have that background. I have... My brother has the background of doing martial arts and meditation, my sister yoga and Pilates and our whole thing is combining all this stuff. We knew we could do it. We just needed to take a step back and look at what's the best way to do it and how to do it. And that was really helpful. So I feel like what you're talking about, what you're offering is amazing because it's bringing those kind of tools to people who, who have the passions and may not have the connections to, to move forward. Yep, I agree 100%. It's always, I feel like, again, we always try to build a house. And it's one of the things I use in the breakout sessions, the idea of life, relationships, and building a house. So just going with the building a house because it's the easiest to understand. You try to build the walls of the house without a solid foundation and see what happens. You build, let's say you do manage to build the framework of the house and then your foundation is shaky or, you know, you didn't put enough cement on it or whatever it is you need. And you step into it and everything just falls apart. And so you, not only did you waste a lot of time, energy, and resources, but you have nothing to show for it except damaged goods. And so to avoid that, I guess it's a priority. What What is your priority? Is it just getting something out there or is it to make it longstanding and being able to stand on its own? So, Yeah, that's awesome. And I, in my experience at PodCamp was is very eye-opening in the sense of hearing other people's visions and their passions and then getting some more um, on-the-ground kind of feedback on how to use the social media platforms to, to move things out. We've been doing the podcast yeah. for about a year and some change now, and it you know the first episode um, to now, I went back and listened to the first episode before doing this, and... It was good because, you know, the the content was good, but the production and figuring it yeah. out and, and building, you know, it into a better platform uh, just through experience has been helpful. And then putting it together with what we did in PodCamp has, has been really helpful as well. Good, because that's the goal. I mean, I'm talking like I was on the board behind PodCamp, et cetera, but I wasn't. <laughs> but I do agree. It is a very inspiration. And like I said, it was my first time too, so... But I agree with you. It's very inspirational and nice to be in a room full of people who have ambition and vision because I can't stand being in a room of people who are just sitting there waiting for something to happen. Like it was one of my pet peeves. Like it burns my butt up. But 
It wasn't like that though. <laughs> no, no, it was is definitely um I don't know, they engage I've I've talked to many people from there so far and it's everyone's been really insightful and active in in making those connections. So it's been really cool just to see that. And, and I feel like so much of the stuff we're doing, especially in this this time and age, like community is such a big part of what we need to yes. do um, to make change, but then also just to have long-lasting businesses. And I, I really yeah. felt that there, that it was all about community and not necessarily the bottom line of we need this many people and you know, yeah. attract this many things. It was definitely more about like, let's build a space where everyone can kind of come together and, and focus. Yeah, 100%. And that's literally the first step if you go on the website of the FLP or the first lady. I feel like I've been using that and nobody really knows what that is. The first lady is a party foundation. If you go to the homepage of the website, we actually have the first step is join our community. And we have a variety of ways and a free community you can join because that is literally the first step to expanding that vision. Yeah, you could do it one-to-one and have a smaller impact. But if your vision is the grander thing or the bigger picture then you're going to need a community to do it you can't do it by yourself and and also not only can't you not do it by yourself but the vision the inspiration the motivation that you're going to need on this journey it's yeah community is first and foremost the most important supportive healthy community to be specific yes um and i feel like in the work i do with counseling and making changes or recovery from any mental health or trauma or substance abuse Community is the number one thing that helps healing, and I feel like it's overlooked a lot of times in that you have your providers, you have your resources, and, you know, especially in substance abuse recovery, AA and and NA and things of those nature are really supportive, but when that meeting ends or your counseling session ends, there's not a lot of community associated around that, and that's really where we came in. And we wanted to build that community so that it can be at that level that we can offer change. And I think it's awesome that you're doing it because it's very like-minded in the sense that I think the world is shifting a little bit, hopefully, yeah. towards this this model of, hey, we're all here together. We need to help each other out. It can't just be us versus them. It has to just be us. Yeah. Yeah, and on the on the lines of mental health, we also work with mental health. And I feel like the FOP is a platform and a hub. And so being able to say everything we work with and do is just impossible in the time that I'm given. But through our strategic partnerships, we also do mental health. And myself personally, I'm also specialized in mental health. I'm not a counselor, but I am a coach and I am a dance therapy fitness instructor. Nice. In which I do approach mental health in a very different way outside of not just dance fitness, but communication and conversation and explaining the importance, like what I'm doing right now with my hands, explaining the importance of movement and expression and how reflection, things of that nature is important to your mental health and movement, just getting people exercising and thinking and expanding it out in nature like some like you all do. It's super important. And my specialty in mental health is not just sitting down in a conversation. I'm good at it. Um, but my most favorite way of communicating is through touch and movement. And so dance for me was like my way of entering the mental health field. Although I did work with um, a FIA peer respite in Northampton as a peer support advocate. And we did 
a lot of like it was just crisis so people came for substance abuse or they came due to domestic violence and so many different things and that's with the consortium of western mass do you i'm sure you know about them right yeah so yeah so i agree and it's you see a lot of things and at the end of the day it just makes you more empathetic and more human i think you just see each other as just human and you stop expecting everyone to be what they appear on the outside yeah, there's so much to unpack in, in what you just said, and I love it because, yeah. you know, I just finished a certification in integrative uh, approaches for nutritional and, and um, lifestyle changes for mental health. It really focused on yoga and body movement and yeah. also supplementation, but also nutritional um, diet changes to really work yeah. on anxiety and depression. And so much of, of movement and dance stimulates what we call the vagal nerve. Yeah. And that is so intricate and so important when you talk about shifting from a fight or flight reaction to, you know, a tend and befriend reaction where you're actually connected to community. And even just having that source of community can shift you out of some of those states. So you know, on every level of physical and mental health, community is such an integral part, and I and I love it. I could probably talk forever, <laughs> just about. I know that's why I'm like, I would say something, but I'm not sure how much time we have. So I was like, yeah, okay. But yes, I agree. If you haven't noticed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, by now, hopefully, people have noticed because we're about thirty minutes <laughs> into into the podcast. So I was just looking through some of your social media. And FLP is the major thing you're doing right now, but you also manage many different pages, at least on Facebook, um, by way of melanin consulting and by ordinary and influence. Uh, do those interact with what you're doing with FLP? Yes. So by way of melanin is so, okay, hold on. By way of melanin will be in June, a public access show, which will start with Chickapee TV and then we'll move into other cities and it's truly we are empowering people to lift their voices to take up space and to love more and hate less and we are highlighting creators and artists because again well I didn't tell you this but I did give a brief blurb growing up I wasn't allowed to speak my mind in the house I wasn't allowed to I was also pretty quiet and pretty calm and a bookworm but when I did speak my mind people were super shocked and by people, I mean, like, familiar figures. Yeah. And so I felt more comfortable um, expressing through dance and touch and yoga and all these different things that everyone else thought was weird, but that made sense to me in terms of expression. And it followed through into all of my life. And so by way of melanin, media, communications, it's just, I guess it all goes back, goes back to communications and community for me, all, every, all of it. And it's... It's just supposed to be a platform where people could express themselves and talk about social issues, but through art, which is kind of like a softer, and it allows people to be more empathetic and to be more engaged through the art, and then having the conversation after seeing that and opening your heart first. I just think art is just a way of opening people's hearts and minds, and then you can have the conversations you need to have, because without that, you're just talking to a brick wall or someone who really doesn't care because it's not their primary experience. Or it's not affecting their families yet. Yet. So. <laughs> I like that yet. That's that's very true. That's awesome. Uh, what, when did you say that's going to be out? People can, you say June? 
June 2020. Yep. And we have party June 6th. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ordinary Influence is a diversity and inclusion consulting. And that was one of the businesses that I started in high school. And it moved from just tutoring and advisory, like just general life advice, to change maker management consulting for social impact initiatives to now diversity and inclusion management consulting. And that's now under the FLP. That's awesome. What was the other one you said? It was that all? I think that was, I think it was just those two. Okay. So, yeah. Do you have more though? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Sorry. I won't be on the spot. That's amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you really. Thank you for coming on. This is amazing. Before um, we sign off though, I I always have two questions I like to end the podcast with. So I'm going to ask you those two questions. You can answer. Uh, whichever one you want to do first. So the first question is, if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Ah, uh, I saw one of these. And I, because I've also done Miss um, Mass, mm-hmm. and I looked at the different questions and, like, what they might ask me, and I never came up with the answer to that no. one. <laughs> so can I have a minute to think about it? Yeah, let me give you the second question, and maybe you can answer okay. that. And- work your way around the second question is of a similar vein but what do you think your superpower is <laughs> okay <laughs> i think my superpower is creative strategic planning and the ability well i guess you said one right i would say creative strategic planning okay it could be more than one though i'm interested in what what else okay. you would say I would say creative strategic planning, the ability to see right through BS, it's the gift of discernment. And the ability to forgive and love freely, I think. Yeah. So. That's awesome. You answered yeah. that question so amazing that it doesn't matter what you say. So we'll take some of the pressure off. Yes. Um, I should probably do some, like, reflection on that, though, because somebody's going to ask me that again in the future. I knew it. See? I was thinking beforehand, and I didn't complete it. It's kind of a a trick question. I throw it in there because I'm such a a geek in the sense of (laughs) comic books and really liking it. You know, Captain America is one of my favorite characters. Uh Um, And I just like to hear what people come up with because I've spent so much time thinking about it. I've created yeah. hacks for the answer so that you get multiple yeah. superpowers from it. Yeah. So I always like to see where people's heads are for that. Yeah, for me, it's so difficult because I'm such a complex, and I know and I don't say it to be like self righteous, but I know, like I have so many gifts and I'm so complex and it's like that question for me always stops me because it's like if I had to put into one word my complexities and my talents, that's just I would be honestly doing myself a disservice and that question. So I guess I like to think philosophically along those lines. So maybe I should just stop overthinking. Maybe that's what the issue is. Yeah, it could be. But, you know, it's just a question about superpowers. It's not going to change the world like you're doing. So it you never know. <laughs> Every small action counts. It's going to come back in your life. You're like, damn, Steve, I should have answered that question. 
No, no, no. Because since I don't, I'm not confident in the answer, it's good for me not to answer. Because then I'll look back and I'll be like, yes. No redemption needed. There you go. <laughs> say the thing stupid. <laughs> so before we sign off, I just want to open up the last part of the podcast for you to, you know, speak to the viewers yourself. Any any last words of wisdom or philosophies you want to put out there? Yes. <laughs> okay. So the first thing would be about success. I think actually the only thing would be about success. And I personally believe that no amount of money, no amount of material wealth will get you to the ultimate definition of success, which is very arrogant of me to say, but I truly believe this is what everyone is after, and it's simply peace. And it's peace internally, it's peace externally, it's peace financially, it's just peace in whatever form that comes to you, whether it be, you know, the dream career or whatever. But that's not going to make peace per se. It's something you have to do on your own. It's, it's self-work. And what you want will come to you via that self-work. You'll attract it. And so I would recommend that anyone who's listening, if you're trying to find that happiness or that success that you think you want, then I would say do the self-work first. Because once you have that internal peace, then the external will soon follow because you'll make choices, you'll have behavior patterns, you'll start creating habits that actually attract the things that you want in life to make you feel like you've reached success. Awesome. What a perfect way to end. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm truly blessed to have you and, and, and so much gratitude towards you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for reaching out. So, yeah, okay. definitely grateful to have you as well in the Promethean Project. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at thepromethianproject.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepromethianproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media on Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.